Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to The Leftscape. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley, and we want to wish our country a happy birthday because it's July 4th, and we're all celebrating the really great country that we live in and that we love. 242 years of America. Yay. Yay, happy birthday. We've got some news, we've got some music to talk about, and a lot of stuff this show, so welcome. Uh, we're recording it, um, what is the actual date? Is 29th. June, yeah, June 29th. Uh, we were supposed to, this is a Friday, and we were supposed to record on Wednesday, and between Wednesday and today, so much stuff happened, it's like overwhelming. But uh, some of the highlights of this past week is that the ACLU got a federal judge to order the Trump administration to reunify the families that have been separated by their zero tolerance prosecution policy uh, to have them reunited within 30 days. And there's still controversy going on around that. And we'll see how that works because the stuff I've been reading and hearing about says that the government really has no procedure to reunite all the families. They, so, ha- they yeah. don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was intended, you know. I mean, they were just going to send people home and keep the kids. Not worry about it. Yeah, basically. So, um I am I don't know. I have a kind of faith in people that, all of us who care that some people are going to find some amazing ways to um make people able to find each other and I I don't know how it's going to work, but I I know that there are people really trying um, yeah, yeah i have i have faith in the underling staff that's doing mm. the grunt work you know they like the, the ones who were on the job in the first place and all these orders were a big surprise to them well, i think i hope so, so. they were a bit overwhelmed but the i think they'll, they'll work harder yeah um yeah so we don't know how the the uh the protests on saturday have gone um but I'm sure we'll all know in a couple of days because it hasn't happened yet when we're talking. Um, Yeah, it'll be a nice surprise if we find out that some of us got arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping to bring back some audio and not not make you my one phone call, so we'll see. Yeah, I I don't really want to get arrested right now either because I don't know that I have the money to bail myself out, so. Uh, I definitely don't. (laughs) Um, and another crap here, here we're going to give you all the bad news first and then we're going to move into the good news um, and there's a, a Disney's purchasing Fox or parts of Fox which um, when I read more about it uh, it's like Disney wants uh, 21st century Fox's movie business which makes sense from their standpoint I was really hoping that they would also buy Fox News and kill it, but apparently. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, but that's not what's happening. Fox yeah, News I didn't think so. and that's and, and <laughs> some other that stuff still will be owned by Murdoch, so he can still continue to spew his propaganda out to the people that absorb that shit. Um, and even more concerning is. Um, Sinclair trying to purchase the Tribune networks um, Mm. and the FCC's voting on that this month in July um, to kill the media monopoly rule, which would then give Sinclair 72% market share of uh, the news 
media in this country, and that terrifies me. Um, I think it's hard to say what you can do to, um, you know, you as the public can do to uh, change Agit Pai's um, decision on this, because I think it's pretty much up to him or whoever's on that, the, the, the committee in the FCC that does this. Um, but they're gonna get rid of, uh, they wanna do this so, so this merger can go through. Um, and I think that's a very, very bad thing. Um, and it's because it's moving us more to uh, having a, a federal ministry of truth or ministry of information, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right, because it's Sinclair that has the must-read yeah. statements and, and uh, opinion pieces and things like that that go all across the country, and they're not yeah they're, they're not um, introduced as such. It's just like every every station yeah. just happens to be yeah every you know, local station thing. your local station that you've trusted for years and years and suddenly they're starting to say these things and you think oh well you know I know them they've told me the truth in the past so this must be true. Yeah, so, uh, you know, whatever we could do to, to try to keep this uh, anti-monopoly rule in place uh, would be really good. Um, and there's a, a Supreme Court ruling this week um, that I saw stuff online about. I, I still need to research it. On, um, is is that the Janus one? No, this is something oh. else. This is something else that, that's going to affect, that could possibly affect people who own small internet businesses, which is like pretty much everybody, everybody trying to scrape out a little extra you know, money so they can live. Um, and I don't know if it applies just to cor corporations, so if you're not incorporated, maybe it doesn't apply to you. I don't know, I have to research it more, or you guys need to, or talk to your tax guy, because what this ruling says is that you have to register in every state and file forms in every state. Oh my God. And yeah, so it's gonna put us all out of business instantly. And and it, it, it that kinda, it, that sounds like there's, there's like this, this underlying, and you know, if I, if I buy into conspiracy theories, which I really try not to, but it kinda feels like, okay, we're gonna make it impossible for anybody to do any kind of business on their own, so we're all gonna have to work for somebody else. You know, oh, we're all going to have to be wage slaves. I want to read a lot more about that before yeah. I comment. That's that's I know. new to me. So yeah. It, well, it was the scary clickbait headline that said it's going to bankrupt all these small businesses. And and as as someone that does sell things online, uh, I my ears pricked up and I go, okay, I need to look at this. And nothing I read, you know, calmed me down about it. So um, I probably need to talk to uh, like a tax lawyer person to yeah, see that's how. a good idea thank you oh yeah maybe i can we can get one on this show <laughs> talk to people um uh let's see what else what is else? happening um well, yeah. I had one. well we got the big retirement uh yeah. announcement go ahead <laughs> oh who retire oh the retirement of kennedy yeah yeah that's uh uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole other thing. That's like a whole other program to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be this will be an ongoing conversation. I I am just um, I don't know. I think we have to strategize in terms of 
uh, how to really, really get people out and vote, how the Democrats can um, try to influence whatever happens next as much as possible. Well, it's um, it's maybe, pretty daunting. Maybe. I, uh, I have one, one to add that's kind of bad but ends up good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, another Supreme Court, and this is the thing is, there's such a distraction. Like they, they make, we get so distracted with one thing that we miss the other things that are going on, right? And there was this other Supreme Court decision yesterday, well, Wednesday, that um, it was called Janus versus ACME. Um, oh, this is the union thing. The union mm-hmm. thing. The, the Koch brothers put $200 million into um, propaganda and a campaign and lawyers and everything to get this court case in there that will essentially say unions um, must offer their services, whatever service they do with contracts or um, um, litigation, whatever, for people who are workers but not members. So that means that they got to give away to non-members, non-union members, the same things they do to union members which then makes the union members say, well, why should I be a union member if, if uh, I'm paying dues to be in a union and, and these other people are not and they're getting the same thing? So suddenly all the union members are going to stop being union members or people are going to not join unions and then the, the unions die. They fall. Well, so that's really... So the unions... So the, I, I didn't read the ruling, but I know that... So they're saying any benefit that a union offers to the employees of a particular place of business has to Mm -hmm. be available to the other employees. Yeah, which which doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why anybody would ever say that this makes sense. However, luckily for us here in New Jersey, Governor Murphy already passed something called Democracy in the Workplace, Act. He just passed it last week, which negates that. Is that possible to negate that at the state level if there's a, a federal ruling? I don't know, but my I went to a union meeting, and that's what they said. That oh, okay. This, this was helpful. So. Well, you're in a in the teachers' union. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing too. Is that oh, and uh, Betsy DeVos was in on this too. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's, they want to. They want to break the teachers' unions. They want to. They want to ruin everything. They just. They well, want, they, they want, want the workers to. Be they want a. They want a, a a surf class that they can. Yeah. That they can then exploit. Um, yeah. And along those lines, there is a two hundred plus page document currently available at WhitehouseGov. Uh, discussing the reorganization of the entire federal government. Um, and there's been a few articles uh, for the cliff notes of this. I haven't completely waded through this whole book yet. It's a lot of it is, is there a consol- they want to consolidate a lot of departments into, into one department. Uh, it's, uh, we heard earlier about them wanting to merge education and labor, for example, um, and they're also doing anything that is helping people like financially or whatever they're throwing it into something they're calling the welfare department or something like that 
so they can i think they're doing this so they can cut services and get rid of things um mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. something that i i'm not sure if congress has to approve this or not um but it's something that as a responsible citizen we should be aware of and talk to our legislators so they can uh, vote appropriately on this um, mm. and this is something that i guess we need to watch over time um, i downloaded the document myself just in case you know it goes away and this is a very good example of things that are hugely important that do kind of fall by the wayside because there's something that's flashier that yeah it's not news, sexy you know? Because I've heard, yeah. I've heard about this, but it has not been on every screen that I've looked at. It's something that you kind of really need to dig for and stay aware of. So it's yeah. something to keep in mind. Several days ago, when before we recorded this, I, I got a Facebook notice, um, a post from, from an actor I worked with about five years ago. And you know actors. Actors uh, very often work as waiters. And so he's been working as a waiter. In Virginia, and he said in his post, he said, "Hey, I just served cheese plate to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Well, she's here in our restaurant, but I think our manager's going to come and throw her out." And and I just I saw that, and it, so like different friends were posting him back saying, "Good, good, good for her," and stuff like that. And then then, uh, but I was posting, I'm, I don't know, should they do that? Maybe she deserves to eat, or we shouldn't be the same as she's she's so uncivil to to the um, to the people that she works with are, are we going well, to she's uncivil stoop to, the to her truth. level yeah to the truth but are we going to stoop to her level i, I don't know i, I don't know I that it's like, stooping to I liked her level it. i just i like that it happened but i had mixed feelings about it so so anyway uh, yeah, I, ten, okay. 10 minutes later um, I start seeing the other posts pop up of, of this. This is happening. This is going on. This is going on. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is getting kicked out of a restaurant, and in, it's called the Red Hen and everything. And I, I, so I was looking at posts. Eventually, I was going to post it back to my friend, the waiter, and uh, say, oh, look, you've made the news and all this. But then suddenly his, uh, his account disappeared off of Facebook. Really? Wow. Yeah. Did he, he Yeah. So you can't get a hold of him to know if he if he got no, offline I, on his own? Yeah, I can't get a hold of him. The only thing is there it's a, uh, Facebook said this account has been closed. Wow. Oh boy. Wow. Trolling happens fast, I would think. Yeah. yeah well, you when know. you get when you get internet famous, it happens quick. And maybe, yeah, 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 and maybe he did that to protect himself cuz he didn't want to get doxxed. So. I you think know. so. I think so. Um, and like you were saying, because I was hearing all the things about bomb threats and egging the restaurant and, oh, the president weighing in saying it's a filthy restaurant. Yeah, like, what the hell? I, it's like they shouldn't, they're using their their official social media accounts to go after a small business. That's like, it's... I don't know. It's un, I think it's unprecedented, but you know maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, and then there was the the bar who ejected a MAGA hat wearing person, um, and I forget now where that bar is. Uh, but that that started a conversation online with with uh, me and some other people, where I was you know I was opining that 
the the red MAGA hat is at, at least as incendiary as someone coming into um, a billiard hall wearing a bandana with uh, a gang collar. Because I know my husband who who wears bandanas constantly because he likes to have his head covered. Um, you know, not that he's in a gang or anything, but he can't go shoot pool in a whole bunch of places because they he because he has to take his bandana off because they don't mm. allow them. So. I, you know, I don't see, I see like the, their MAGA hat kind of being like, you know, the, the same rule that you can't wear a bandana or, or, you know, even in the gym I just joined, you can't wear string uh, tank tops. You have oh, to wow. wear, yeah, they have, it's a, called a dress code. So, wow. you know, I think that's perfectly fine. So, yeah, you know, I feel like, um, I have some of the feelings that you were describing, Mary, about this. I absolutely believe in public protest. And I feel mm -hmm. like if people see that Sarah Huckabee Sanders went into a restaurant, they should, they can yell, they can tell her what they think of her, they can do whatever they want. As a restaurant owner, I would feel, uh, if I were a restaurant owner or, or a manager, I don't know that I would kick the person out. But I would not, I would be, totally fine with people speaking their mind, like the public speaking their mind, as opposed to like the business yeah. telling someone they have to get out. That's, yeah. that's how I, what I think. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's too not harsh enough or something, but I, yeah. I feel like it's more the public's um, action to take. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a, there's, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing because right away my, my mind goes to, oh, well, what about how we protested when the baker didn't want to bake the cake for the gay couple uh, because that, he felt that was against his religious beliefs. And, uh, well, he won, but we all protested. And, uh, but he won, um, he won, he did, he won the winning is very very narrow and people are misinterpreting mm -hmm. the, the the supreme court ruling the ruling was against what the lower court in colorado wrote because uh -huh. there they did it was a technicality it because was they showed a bias they showed a religious bias in the ruling and that's what they were throwing out oh. not that not that you know um that gay people can't get cake yeah, you know. but but right away when I heard about that that course, I immediately started thinking about my my nephew is a bartender and a bouncer, and and there have been times when he's working in a bar and he's saying, "You get out of here, we're not going to serve you," because he's mentioned it that there are some people who are assholes. Yeah, he just doesn't want to serve them, and I said, "You know, is that legal?" Yes, it is. That is, yeah, it, you it do absolutely, have the right. absolutely is, and under mm -hmm. that theory of law. They don't have to serve Sanders. They don't. Have That's to true. Her. It's the yeah. asshole law. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the truth is that you know it's not business as usual right right now, and so mm -hmm. civility is not even the question. I think it's that we we are in a place where any when there is an opportunity to call attention to the issues in this administration and the direction things are going, I think that's important. Yeah. You know. So I I, I don't know that if I. Like I say, if I were a restaurant manager, if I would have done that, but I absolutely would go protest someone where they are or, or, and, and allow it in my space because I think it is important to 
we have those voices all the time. I like what you said, Robin. <laughs> what you said? So what you said. So let's uh, let's turn to a little bit of lighter news. Hey, um, it's July fourth. Yeah, um, and this is this is uh, this is um, a little a couple of weeks old since it showed up um, on CNN. But there's a town in Georgia, uh, Fulton, Georgia, where the entire justice system is run by black women, from the judge to you know the the street cops. It's the whole thing is is black women and it, it, it's amazing and I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm just boggled but in like the best possible way um, yeah I didn't get a chance to read it what did they say about it is it much more efficient I, I, I <laughs> don't know South it has in Georgia by the way okay thank you I guess yep. it's because the the town just recently incorporated because um, I guess they used to just be Fulton and then it broke off to South Fulton, um, mm -hmm. so it's the municipal court staff. It, it's like, and and actually the city solicitor. They're all black women. Um, yep, we've got the chief judge, the interim police chief, the solicitor, the public defender, the court administrator, the chief court clerk, and, and two county clerks, court clerks. Court, yeah, it, it blows my. So you know, so cool. uh, and and they're saying it. It they didn't plan it to end up like this because. Uh, this is just sort of like these are the people who um, were up, who applied and who had the best qualifications for these jobs, and it, it's um, it's only been a few months, so uh, you know, so we don't know how how it's going to be, you know, as you compare it to other other areas, but. Yeah, I think that would be the thing to look at. Too. I really wish this would happen everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a really wonderful thing, and it's it's funny that for me it really helps to highlight what white privilege is by definition. Because I thought like if a if a white man walked into a room and he realized he was going to be serving, you know, a, a role with all other white men, that would not be noticed that would be completely unremarkable yeah <laughs> you know and even if it were yeah. all women if it were all white women it would be like wow this is great we're all women but like the whiteness would not be noticed you know so we're looking for the day when this is not remarkable yes uh, yeah i think that that yeah. would be amazing i mean you know i see things in just in um well it still is noticed noticed and noticeable of course like but the Images of beauty being seen as you know many colors possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's still new actually. You know, because I remember when that wasn't a thing at all. Um, so it's but, it's it's much more prevalent, but it's still very much noticed. But actually, roles of authority it, um, that that is very new and it's and it's amazing actually. Um, I just want to point out, like from this is from the CNN article uh, that their court. They're doing a few things a little differently than than other area other places. Uh, they have a pretrial diversion program, which looks mm. at people's records to see if they can be diverted from the criminal justice system, and instead given resources such as counseling to keep them out of trouble. Um, they even though state law does not require 
everyone have an attorney present when they first go before a judge. In South Fulton, every defendant is given a public defender for their first appearance. Um, and they also place a lot of emphasis on educating the citizens about the law, um, you know, so, so people don't fall into the, um, these traps where, you know, if you're driving on a suspended license, you don't know what the, what the penalty is going to be if you get busted and stuff like, you know, like the little mm -hmm. small crimes that, that start, that hit like poor people the worst because there's these large fines associated with, with these little, with these little misdemeanors that they can't pay. And then, and then this starts this whole, um, avalanche of, of like just, terrible things happening where because you can't pay the fine then that kicks you mm -hmm. up into a you know then you're in contempt of court and that's like a serious crime as opposed to you know not paying your traffic ticket you know right um that's so, really cool that's yeah. really good i think so, the idea of of seeing what you can do to make a situation better like that's really to me that's really the goal like i don't really want just punitive action for crimes yeah. created all the time it's like you know what what what's the source of it? What does what does this person actually need to be a positive citizen as opposed to let's just lock them up? Yeah, and that should be the goal. And yet, I think you would think so. The system it's just they they so get so um, caught up in the minutia of how to get things done that they start looking at like I'm scoring points by how many people I put into jail and. Uh, it, yeah, they, it's, they, it's the whole scorecard. It's the scorecard mentality. Uh, yeah, you know, like everything is a sport, and and we have to win by doing this, or we have to justify our existence because I've put this many people our in job. jail. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the 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 role of you know it shouldn't have to be like that. And it, but it's also feeding you know that whole prison industrial complex. There's yeah. th that the whole system is prison. very well entrenched from you know, the, from the police to the courts. And, and the, so it, it feeds itself. And, mm -hmm. you know, this might be, you know, they're giving us an example of how, how a justice system could be better. And I think that's amazing and wonderful. Yeah, that's really great. And I'm looking forward to seeing, it. hopefully, yeah, maybe, maybe the mark of success could be how many lives actually got turned around and diverted from, yeah, like a a life of prison and criminal activity you know exactly. i think it could be this could be good yeah um and um, good luck to them yeah uh and we also want to uh we also want to point out since it's it's officially summer and right now we're all trying to not swelter in our unair conditioned rooms because we had to turn them off so we could record <laughs> um <laughs> So I don't know about the rest of you guys. I have an air, I have in air, in window air conditioners are really loud. So I can't have yeah. them on while we're recording. Um, but Robert Reich put up a video on YouTube called 10 Ways to Relax in the Trump Era, which mm. um, it's, I found it to be very helpful, um, especially the one piece of advice, like say, just take one day and don't read the news for one day because mm -hmm. it's just there's just so much constantly and it's also because we are in this for the long haul and we can't give up because that's kind of what they want us to do um 
so we have to we have to be able to recharge ourselves because otherwise we're just mm -hmm. going to get ground down and and be incapable of any activity at all and just you hide know, in our blanket forts. Yeah, although blanket fort I, sounds I, really uh, <laughs> yeah, really tempting. I have to say that I was feeling exactly like that before we started recording, but now just listening to you guys, I feel better. Oh well, thank you. Good. So, yeah, talking so maybe to that other. means talking to your friends. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things. But you know, socializing and and uh, and anyway, we'll have the media, um, the video embedded on our Facebook, or not Facebook page, our uh, website. God. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll post it on Facebook too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We got to remind people that we do have a website. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leftscape.com. Um, and on this day in 1054 AD, the brightest known supernova, which is now the Crab Nebula, was first reported by Chinese astronomers. And also today is sidewalk egg frying day. Is that right, Robin? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to try that one, but it's kind of, it's, it's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be well, able, I might try it pan, now. Right? <laughs> You don't just pour the egg on the sidewalk, you put a pan on the sidewalk. No, you put the egg on the sidewalk. Because <laughs> oh. it's well, that hot. You do with it. <laughs> um, and, and then finally, in our final news segment, um, I just want to give a shout out to Malia Obama, because it's her birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday. And I, I just want to tell you that we really miss you and your parents being in the White House. <laughs> oh, do we ever. <laughs> Oh, I was just watching the, um, uh, what's his name, who does the car karaoke. Uh, Corden? We were watching that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James I forget Gordon. his first name. James? James. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah. And, and uh, it came on with, uh, with uh, Paul McCartney. Mrs. Obama. Oh. Well, we were watching Paul McCartney, but then a pop Mrs. Obama, and I went, oh, my God. That's cool. She, she is so good. She what was did she sing? Beyonce songs, and they were dancing. She was very good. <laughs> I have to catch up on that. That sounds, yeah. I, I think I've seen clips of it, but I want to see the whole thing. That's Pretty great. Funny. So we are talking today on the 4th of July about what is patriotism, and Yay. especially in the times of Trump. Um, what does that mean? Like how uh, love of country, um, so many people uh, unfortunately ha make these ideas that, you know, progressives and liberals hate America and all these things. And I feel like they couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, and I just wanted to hear people's thoughts on, you know, how, what is love of country to you? And how does that make you feel? What do we, all, anything you want to say about that? <laughs> You know, something that, that strikes me is that in this era of Trump is that there were a lot of things we took for granted, of, of assumptions that we made of that, that things are going to be done the right way, and, and we have the, you know, the, the three-tier system that uh, checks and balances in the government so we can trust the government, and, we, and so we didn't really participate. And, now this is making us appreciate uh, the, the beauty of the system and, and we want to fight, we have to fight to keep, keep the, the 
the foundation of our country going, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's one of the things that I really do love about the U.S. is that I, the government was set up to give people voices and, and, and you know, at least not all Theoretically. People. Theoretically. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I think the theory and the practice to, to some degree, obviously we've had huge, huge problems, you know, but yeah. I think that part of why I, I care so much about politics right now and, and trying to make things better because I, I believe in that ideal, you know, and sometimes it maybe it feels naive or something, but it's like, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be protesting. I wouldn't be um, trying to make things better. And I really do care, you know? Yeah. I, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing I, to think that their forefathers had, had so much forethought to set up the system the way it is. I, um, I have, I, I like to think that I'm a patriot, um, and I would like, I love the, the ideal that our country aspires to. Mm -hmm. Uh, it has not really ever gotten to practice the ideal for everyone within its borders ever mm. and well, I the think thing, the problem too is well the, is wait wait let me let me, let me finish let me finish mm-hmm. let me finish um and and uh i think also that up until very recently um and especially i guess uh for white people we we could kind of pretend that we were living that ideal um and because things were not um, brought to our consciousness, you know, uh, unless you, you were, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that the internet age has, um, has enabled us to do is to see uh, the underbelly of American society and how things are working. Um, and, sad, you, and, and sadly- I gotta that, ask you yeah, what go you mean by ideal. Um, uh, liberty and justice for all. <laughs> you know, but the pursu- other people that does the pursuit the of happiness. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about like that American dream with the chicken in every pot and two cars in every garage and 1.5 children and and you know all of that crap. Um, I'm talking about like the founding documents and 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 what they mean and uh, and it's justice is not fairly applied across the board and i don't think that it ever has been and mm-hmm. um for example and uh you know and and even with this this latest immigration crisis that's going on now um if you look back through our history much of which you know we never learned about in school and you know uh we've been doing shit like this since day one you know, um, and mm-hmm. and we have to we have to do better because we're supposed to be better than this, and mm-hmm. and for me, patriotism is is trying to move us in that direction. Mm-hmm. You, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think I don't think um, that life is a zero sum game. You know, it's not like this limited 
pie that everybody, you know, that somebody and whoever has the biggest piece of pie wins. I, you know, that's not that's not what I what I believe America is. Um, and I know there's a lot of people in power that that's their deal, that they're trying to get the whole pie. <laughs> and, right. And and that's kind of it's scary watching watching this this thief take basically just empty our coffers into his pocket and his friends' pockets and 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 this this uh, emerging oligarchy or plutocracy or whatever you want to call it hegemony um, all these big three syllable words that basically indicate you know <laughs> the people with the money are ruling us. Um, and that's not supposed to be what this is, country is about. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think. It, oh, gosh, go ahead, Mary. No, I'm not saying anything. I'm just agreeing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you're right, uh, Wendy, about that it can be relatively easy to not, for a lot of folks, to not see the problems, you know, because, or there, or if there is a, like in the late sixties, okay, there was a lot of, uh, you know, discord and dissent and, and then, then it's easy for a lot of people to say, oh, well, we fixed all those problems now, you know, and then we had Obama. So like racism is fixed now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, and things like that. And, you know, and I've been realized that growing up, not really wanting for anything, you know, it's, it's, Fairly easy, and, and I think I I got positive messaging too, you know. So I didn't feel as though I couldn't do things in life, and you know. So I had a sort of that is a kind of um, a kind of privilege, a kind of advantage, you know. Um, and then to really get into the the reality that happens for myself and a lot of people, and and the the disparity. Um, becoming a, an activist really um, in college and beyond is a big part of my um, it is a big part of my love of this place and for the and not just it's not really all localized it's not about like well America needs to be better than this I mean I, obviously we, we come out of a history of huge problems and we can always be better but I want to take that and make that part of the world too. I feel very much like a world citizen as well as um, an American citizen. And I know that's not looked upon favorably by our current administration in a lot of ways, you know, but to me, that's, that's, that's huge, you know, Um, Mm. how can we all be better? And we are a place of abundance. And that's one of the things I, I do love about the United States that in our better times when we are, um, when we are, when things are being distributed more in a more balanced way, and it's never been perfect, for by a long shot. Um, You're not talking. We have a lot of <laughs> good. <laughs> What's that? You're not talking communism, are you? Oh, things being distributed. Terrible. I, I know that sounds yeah. like a dangerous word, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, no, but I mean. The, the the disparity does not have to exist as it is today, and it, and it seems to be growing, you know, and um, and we do have great potential here to to create better systems, and uh, that I agree with. I, you know. I 
I think that there, there's a problem in too that the idea of the government is something to serve the people and so that um, everyone has equal opportunity and uh, uh, that the pursuit of happiness is something that we can all share in. But then you've got the government, that's one thing, but then you've got the economy and capitalism that subverts that. It's, it's, um, it's, I, I have this phrase that's my fav one of my favorite phrases because I think it's very important. It's generosity of spirit. The idea of helping each other is, is a good thing. And, mm. and there's, there's this whole, uh, I'm thinking about our friend Carol, who's now reading Ayn Rand, and I don't know oh. why she's doing that. <laughs> that, that. The whole other thing that came in and subverted it, it's the every man for himself. So these are the two camps that we've got that we've got to get back to everything for everybody. So you're talking about socialism. I guess so. <laughs> I, I, don't, yeah. I don't complain about, I don't think socialism is a bad thing. I honestly don't. Um, I look at uh, the Scandinavian countries, which, you know, in those global happiness indexes that you see every once in a while, they're like the top three. They usually know. are winning, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they're very socialist. Their taxes are very high. However, I mean, and that's, I guess that's the thing. It's like, yeah, we have, I don't, I don't know if it's high taxes or not. I mean, I feel like my property taxes are ridiculous, but um, <laughs> personally, but, uh, um, there's, you know, the social, there's the social, the there's the contract, the social contract that we, mm -hmm. we, we implicitly have between us and the government. Like the government is there to, to administer, at least in my theory, in my head, the government is there supposed to be there to administer the, the commons. You know, we give them money and they keep the roads paved, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they keep the water drinkable. Um, and, and I'm assuming that by next week we don't, Flint still doesn't have clean water. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's an ongoing. Uh, yeah. I mean, what the fuck, tragedy. people? It, it's, right. It, this is, this is a problem that could have been fixed years ago when they discovered it and, you know, but, and, and yet they haven't. Um, you know that that's that's the the social contract that's been breaking down over like recent memory and and you know and, and I guess it's because the rich people want to own everything and and control everything and I don't understand why I don't I don't understand that either it's like there's a point where you have so much money more money isn't going to make any difference so why I don't know yeah. mm. So one of the things I'm thinking about <laughs> with all this is how do we take back our symbols and do you want to, you know? Like I have a friend who says that she would really love to fly the American flag on 4th of July. Like she feels a, 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 a love of her country and wants to be part of that and celebrate, but she feels like if she flies the flag, people are going to think she's a conservative asshole. No, like I'm that's what... I thought she has to fly the Confederate flag to feel that. Then yeah. she probably really, <laughs> then there'd be no doubt. <laughs> but but I, I kind of understand 
what she means because of the people who are the loudest about, you know, about the United States being great and wonderful and, you know, fabulous, terrific, all those adjectives are coming from the place of saying, you know, well, you know, America is number one and love it or leave it. And, you know, you, there's no, there's, if, if you, if you offer critique, you are, you don't, you're not patriotic. Yeah. It's like and, telling somebody their baby isn't the most beautiful baby they've seen. Right. <laughs> or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I have an interest in, you know, how can we use some of those symbols and, and, and not be afraid of it, you know? Cause I, I think the same thing. Like I don't want, people to be misconstrued and I feel like the right has sort of taken those symbols and made them something that it feels distorted to me. They, you know? I don't think the right they, has taken can, our flag. I yeah, don't think so. Yeah, I think so. they can only do that if you allow them to do that. I think That's what I mean. Yeah, but I well, do think, I have heard other people feeling like they they do they would feel misunderstood if they wore red, white, blue or did something that looks patriotic, you know? So and I think you're saying that, that the flag itself is antithetical to, for example, like a taking in the knee. Like you can't, are you saying like you can't take a knee and also be proud about the, you know, and have the flag? Well, no, I think we absolutely, I think we need to. I think we need to do that more actually. Okay. Because people are, people are starting to feel like the flag represents the right or the right has tried to make it seen that way well sure the they, point where I do well, why wouldn't who... they want to because that way anybody who doesn't agree with them is not patriotic which is what they've been saying for since like well at least since um the patriot act right <laughs> so i guess that's yeah. what i mean i mean i think that that argument has been winning to a to a degree that it makes people who don't feel that way nervous to to think, show up and use words that have to that sound like patriotism because they I think, think it means something else. I think that those people who feel that way, who feel like the that they've lost the flag, they have to take the flag back and not let these people usurp their symbol. And and um, I forgot what I was going to say. I think. Mm -hmm. Well, the way. No, I think that's cool. Well, one of the ways to do that is is to bring your damn flag with you the, at the next protest. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm That's yeah. a good idea. I mean, you know, and prides and anything. That's anything. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's, Add it's it in. Add it in because it's our flag, damn it, too. That's <laughs> right. I agree. I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on the web at robinrenee.com on Twitter at Spirit Rock Sexy, uh, on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan. And I have an event coming up this weekend. I'm going to be at Four Quarters Interfaith Sanctuary in Artemis, Pennsylvania. They have a great festival um, Drum called Drum and Splash, yes, yeah. which is a lot of fun. And that's always over the long Fourth of July weekend. Um, I'm going to be there doing a couple of workshops. One is called Returning a Time for Home and Reintegration. I'll be doing like a ritual experience on uh, Friday afternoon there. And then Saturday, I'm going to do a kirtan. And one of my, that's one of my favorite places to 
to sing and chant is at four quarters. So I'm really looking forward to that. And that is at 4qf.org, I believe, for more information. Cool. I went to Drum and Splash many years ago and I had a great time. So it is a, it's a great event. Mm -hmm. And uh, back when that okay. campsite was a lot more primitive than it is now, so I've heard. But, uh, <laughs> yes, they have showers and kids. some lodging and all that too. Yeah, so you don't have I, to rough it quite as much. I my version of camping now is is a hotel that doesn't have room service, so you know <laughs> I'm beyond that. <laughs> you don't even do glamping, huh? <laughs> no, I don't have the the glamp stuff to do glamping. So what's glamping? <laughs> Uh, it's glamorous camping, I think. Oh, like like Bat used to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, With all the rugs. Oh, I've done that, but you know. Anyway, um, this is Wendy, and I have a whole lot of websites. Uh, just wendycards.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Wendy Cards and at uh, Twitter at Wendy Designs. And I'm going to be at the World Science Fiction Convention in San Jose in August. And I may or may not be on a panel. I don't know yet. But um, I'll be running around there. Uh, and if you're around, I uh, would like to uh, check, you, check me out or meet me or whatever. And um, maybe we'll even be podcasting from the convention. But I don't know for sure yet. So that's me. Awesome. Uh, okay, my turn. It's Mary McGinley, and uh, just to let you know, my last name is McGinley. It's like the President McKinley, only with a G instead of a K. And uh, so my website, if you want to find out more about me, is marymcginley.com. And uh, I just want to encourage everyone, first of all, if you're going camping and going to Four Quarters, please look out for ticks. Because <laughs> ticks, uh, from what I'm reading, is they're really high. This uh, ticks suck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's lots of ticks out there, and uh, I've known too many people to get uh, to get Lyme uh, disease. Lyme disease. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Senior moment. I have uh, Lyme disease. <laughs> uh, and the only thing. other thing I want to pr promote, though, is support your local teachers by contacting your representatives and tell them how much you don't like the Janus decision. Because unions help the country. So we wanted to talk a little bit about music and music, American music, music about America or the American experience and what songs um, we find important or interesting or our favorites. So I'm curious, uh, Wendy, what yes. you were listening to and what you've, what you're okay. interested in. Um, well, I, I have a very eclectic set of tastes in music. Um, and I also, some, some people have said I have a sense of humor. Um, and, and there's a song called The Liberty Bell by John Philip Sousa. And I'm not really going to say anything about that, except that everyone will recognize that song when you hear it, <laughs> because it was used in a very popular television show. Um, you know, Sousa wrote these marches that uh, became almost synonymous with America. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of them that are played at, at you know, um, events of national import, um, you know, a lot of um, marches. And if you don't know who he is, and anyway, if you, if you hear this song, uh, The Liberty Bell, you'll instantly recognize that. Um, and I also, because I was, uh, I learned the cello at a very young age. Um, I have a love of classical music. Uh, so I, I react very positively to um, Anton Dvorak's The New World Symphony. Um, and it's not just because we had to play some of it in, in one of the, the student orchestras I was in. I mean, that actually, when, I, when you actually play a piece, you really, um, get an affinity for the piece, which is one of the reasons why I like a lot of Bach and um, and Aaron Copeland, who is an American composer of not small renown. Um, and his third symphony is quite beautiful, and um, it also includes uh, the section that is called Fanfare for the Common Man, um, which I, I find really moving on a personal level. Um, and, and he's uh, really understood as one of the architects of American, the American sound, right, in cinema and that sort of. Oh, really? Okay. What's been what's been what's been come what's come to be understood as as American music in terms of mm -hmm. um, film, I think. You know. Really? Yeah, well, it's you, interesting. I've heard some things about. It. I'm, I'm not that aware of of that genre exactly, but that's been an interesting thing to really because I, I for cinema it's it's there's there's a family um, whose name is a, is escaping me now because it's like there's three or four generations of this family who have been writing scores for film Westmore? For, no those oh, are no. makeup people oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of families um, no it's <sighs> Newman Yes, it is. It yes. is Randy Newman and his family. Yes. He's he's yes. like one of the and there's like younger Alfred Newman's. Alfred Newman was very famous for movies. And Are you sure it's mm -hmm. not the Mad Magazine Alfred? That's what I'm no, thinking. That's Alfred Newman. Newman. <laughs> but that that that's actually how I remember his name all the time because oh. it's almost like the Mad Magazine. Yeah, because I because huh. I I think there I don't know which Newman wrote the score for example uh, the Natural. But mm. that score sounds very Copeland-like, mm. but it's not mm -hmm. Copeland. Um, but a lot of that, it's the it's the way he uses um, the horns and the woodwinds. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. very uh, recognizable. Mm -hmm. Philip Glass is American. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I hear him in movies a lot. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the, I like Truman Show. Okay, that, I'm, the, the score of the Truman Show was not something that I can pull can up in it. my head. Um, well, that, that's, uh, that's Philip Glass music for you. Yeah. Uh, it's all mm -hmm. very um, numerical. And I also like um, Yes's version of um, America, which I think was the um, Simon and Garfunkel song. They wrote it, mm -hmm. and Yes did a cover of it. Um, and I actually, I, I have, it's on, um, their fragile album, I believe. And, and it's also on the B side of a 45, or maybe that was the A side and the B side is total mass retained, which is, you know, a weird thing to get in a 45. 
<laughs> and and for those of you that don't understand about vinyl and 45s, those were little records that were on vinyl <laughs> that played at 45 RPM that would only hold like one song on a side. Um, <laughs> just for old technology. Yeah. Just for well, people who are like under one. 30. <laughs> if there's any of you listening to this. Um, so, uh, so those were some of my picks. I have uh, another another song um, that is kind of um, an American that kind of highlights things in America that aren't things that we love, and, and it's the it's the Childish Gambino song. Mm. Um, and I don't know or if we want to talk about that right now or if we want to wait. <laughs> I, I kind of want to talk about that because that is, uh, that's powerful, you know? Yes. And the thing that I, the approach I took to this idea of, of music about America and all that is like, there are songs that just are about observation, you know, sort of like, you know, moving through an American landscape and what life that's happening at that time. There's there's like the celebration and then there's there's critique and I kind of really am into all of that. Um, and I have to say, it, it took me a while to watch This Is America because I started watching it when it first, you know, hit and it just freaked me out. I'm such a violence wuss <laughs> that yeah. I just like, I can't watch this now. You know, I it was it off, an, you know? it's an intense music video. It yeah, definitely yeah, well, is. So that's the thing though too, is you're talking about the song are you talking about the song? You're talking about the whole performance with the video. Well, it kind of they kind of go together. They go together. They go together. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the video like was. The it, it's like the song and the video are definitely. It's definitely. Um, when you a multimedia that, experience. Yeah. When you mentioned that, I was trying to remember the song because I was so taken aback by the video, or so overwhelmed by the by the action, by the visuals that. I couldn't quite remember what the music sounded like, you know, mm -hmm. but I know it was good. <laughs> I yeah. Thought. Oh yeah. It's intense and it's very different. I was actually looking, I was, I was studying on, on the style of music because I'm, I'm, it's like a, it's to me, it's a new ish form of rap that kind of rapid fire, um, presentation. And okay. so I was, Learn, I was reading all about like the triplets in, in rap, which has really taken over over the last five years. So that's a whole other, it took me on this whole side journey of, of music history, which was- uh, So really you cool. ended up in, in Hamilton too? Cause I think there's a lot of that going on in there. Probably there is, yeah, yeah. But um, I was kind of reading in like the, the origin of that, that the, this particular sound and it comes out of like the South um, rap style, which is sort of blown up really big right now but but the song itself i mean and the video is um it's disturbing and and uh what i what i found about it was that once you see sort of like random violence like the whole rest of the time i'm watching it and you just don't know what's about to happen next and it's kind of it's really disconcerting and it really characterized what living in especially black america can feel like in a very inc incredibly visceral way, you know, mm. like it could be joyful dancing. It could be murder. It could be, you just don't fucking know. <laughs> and it can you know. change from moment to moment. Yeah. Uh, 
You know what I found disturbing too? I mean, obviously the violence is, is disturbing and what you were just saying, Robin, to, is so true. But then there was this other layer thing of, I was looking at it aesthetically and it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. it was, and that's what makes it even more disturbing. With it, the way the choreography was, the photography, everything, the way it was set up the, the, and the way it was performed. Uh, was so beautiful and so perfect that, uh, and then to find that intermeshed with the violence just made it all the more disturbing. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's that sums up America in a lot of ways, right? It's yeah. it's uh, it's pretty powerful, and and it was good. I think it was good medicine for me to. Um, recognize my own tendency to look away you know because mm. you can at a certain level kind of go oh you know what I'm not going to think about this today I'm just going to go to the beach la 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 <laughs> <laughs> compartmentalizing yeah and I mean of course like we were talking about earlier we, you do have to do yeah. self care yeah. and take breaks from thinking about things but um, one could develop a lifestyle of just choosing to not see something, you know? Mm. And here it is and it shows up and it's beautiful and it's powerful and you, you need to see, you need to look at this, you know? And I think that's the brilliance of that performance, you know, musically and visually everything. And to take so. it back a generation, um, and, I, and I do, I know, I know you kinda, I don't know why you wanted to leave it till the end of this little discussion, but Robin has made this brilliant Spotify playlist of all the songs we're talking about right now, and um, and I noticed just now on the list uh, is Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner, and yes. and the you know the reason I'm bringing that up it's it's the I guess the baby boomer generation's version of This Is America, <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of in in some way because it it's certainly a huge anti-war statement, you know? Um, you know, he's, he's making his guitar sound, um, sound like a freaking war zone. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I, I, you know. The war was going on at that time. Yeah, well this, yeah. And, and it was, it was, it was his way of, of protesting and, and, um, and he's another one that we miss every day. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. so we have this playlist, and, and Mary, so what are some of the songs that you wanted to include on the playlist that... Uh... Yeah. Well, you know, when we threw this idea around, I was just thinking, uh, it, somehow it was songs that deal with America or have the word America in it or whatever, and uh, I was coming up with a bunch of stuff. And then a friend of mine just popped in, well, what about American Pie? And I said, well, wait a second, that's American, not America. I thought, you know what? That's got to be on the list. That has to be because it's uh, it's the day the music died. And it really has to do with rock and roll and this whole. There's a whole era in that song that mm -hmm. uh, in uh, rock and roll being an American musical form that started. So I, it's corny, but I like it. I will. I will add that one. I was definitely thinking about that one too. And well, it's, it's not uh, as corny as the Cowsills. 
Oh, that I, I put on the list too because it was the earworm from that Dino Rock concert that I went to. <laughs> they sang it very well. They sang it, "Love American Style," the theme oh. show, the theme song to the Thanks old the TV show "Love American <laughs> Style." Can I tell and you that you definitely you definitely educated me with that, Mary? Because I had no idea that was the Cow Sills. <laughs> I had no idea it was a whole song. I thought it was just a little blurb for the show, you know? So I was like, oh, so that's where this comes from. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what they ended their set with in the concert. Right, yeah, so right. you could all get stuck with that in your head for the rest of the night. <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was fun. That was, I was, that was uh, something I didn't re- realize, you know? <laughs> So, so I was thinking Fourth of July, listening to a lot of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I can't wait to just play this all day on uh, today. So, so, uh, so the playlist is on our website. Well, yeah, yeah. the link to the playlist. It's a Spotify. It's a Spotify uh, playlist. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. I have to download Spotify again. Yeah, and then I have. I actually, you know, I, I can't. Well, it's also because I haven't seen Hamilton. But had I seen Hamilton, I probably would have put the entire freaking score on my playlist. Right. But, um, it's on Spotify, I think. But yeah, I, I know, but I haven't seen the show yet. So, um, but I did, I do have uh, one sort of classical Broadway crossover. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, uh, the song America from West Side Story written by Leonard Bernstein. And um, yeah. that was so, my special song. Yeah. That one is, you know, that one's also, you know, not all, that one's also taking a realistic look at the country through the eyes of the Latino community. The so, immigrants. Yeah, and immigrants. Well, yeah, except Puerto Rico's part of the country, so. Yeah, but it wasn't at the time that he wrote the song. And they don't have power back completely yet either. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Flint and Puerto Rico, Flint and Puerto Rico. Hmm. Can we please hmm. just fix the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was just thinking, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about a lot of songs and, and discovering a couple things I hadn't known about uh, when I was putting this playlist together. And I find that I really like the songs that kind of use you travel. You know, there's I think that's one of the things that I love about, um, the I don't know, the American concept or something that you can kind of get in your car and, and drive and go far you know and i've driven across the country and um there's kind of a romantic um feeling the about road. the cross country you know route 66 and all that mm. kind of thing mm. um which i think about with american music and um you know and i've just seen i've seen so much beauty just driving and all my musical travels and things like that mm. so i think that the songs like um Simon and Garfunkel's America, which is the version I'm more familiar with than the Yes version, although I know both, <laughs> um, as a real kind of, you know, it's it's traveling and it's these sort of emotional realizations and it's sort of a, a day-to-day, a, a, um, it's very specific details of life and what it's like to just kind of be on a trip and what's happening. Um, out the window in one's mind and it's kind of uh uh, i like songs that do that you know Mm. and one of the songs another one that i put on here was uh the american in me by steve forbert 
And it's a really simple song about a guy who is driving and needs to go buy another car. <laughs> it's like nothing, <laughs> nothing, it sounds so dumb if you just say, well, what actually happens in the song, you know, but it's sort of, it captures, you know, aspirations, it captures our downfalls, it captures, it's a very, it's simple and very powerful in a way that's, that's really cool. So I, I like, I like that kind of song. I, I, I like lyrics and what they can do sometimes, and poetry that can something can do something in a few words. Yeah. Um, you're, making, you're making me think of that Joni Mitchell song. I am on a lonely road and I am traveling. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I used yeah. to sing that to myself whenever I, I went on a long yard, uh, a long road trip. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. But I've made road trip playlists too, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't think we can talk about American music without mentioning the Beach Boys. Oh. I don't know if they have a song that talks about America. It's Surfing about USA. South, South <laughs> I could talk USA. about American music without talking about the Beach Boys, but okay, I will. I will give you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Tell what do you, what are your uh, thoughts about them? Oh, and what are and your favorites? Uh, well. Um, I, I just like them in my room. That's my, one of my favorites in my room. And then, and uh, if you if you uh, see, there was a documentary on PBS about the, the about um, rock and roll and how studios were used. And then they moved into what what the Beach Boys were doing. Brian Wilson was doing uh, in his like answer to the Beatles. And and then the band did that the Beach Boys and the Beatles were constantly answering each other. One person would do something and then the other person would try to incorporate that in top, I mean, the other group would. And it, there's a lot more to the Beach Boys than people realize. And some, some of it's, their music is so beautiful. I would love to do a classic album discussion sometime because I want to hear about we can't. I know we can't do it today, but I want to hear about Pet Sounds and what yeah, you pet sounds. think about that because that's, that's one that, that I think one. is. Yeah. That's the one that affected uh, John Lennon so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone enjoys the music we put together, and uh, hope it makes you makes you party, makes you think, whatever whatever you need to do on Fourth of July. Yeah. Stay cool and and give yourself enough space uh, between your fingers and face and fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that safely. Be safe, please, and, and drink plenty of water. Be safe. Keep hydrated. And, and have uh, fun. And have fun. Happy Fourth. Uh, happy birthday, America. <laughs> You've been listening to the Left Skate Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday.